Hello, church, and welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. My name is Ben Shaw. I'm the Director of Modern Worship and Media, and I wanted to let you know about some of the great things we've had going on at the church over the last few months. Um, our Missions Director, Josh Markham, and our Minister of Disciples in Action, Sally Millsap, have been very busy coordinating with local outreach groups like Stepping Stones Ministries and The Journey Home, as well as providing disaster relief both locally and in the areas around the South that have been impacted by natural disasters. We are so happy that we can spread God's love to our community. And if you're looking for an opportunity to get involved, we would love your help. You can contact Josh or Sally via email to find out how you can help. We have lots of opportunities to serve, and the only skill you need is a servant's heart. Their email addresses will be in the notes section of this episode, or you can find them on our website. We are still asking everyone to pre-register for our worship services on Sunday mornings, which are 8.30 a.m. in the Family Life Center for our modern service and 10.30 a.m. in the sanctuary for our traditional service. If you head over to our website, fumcm.org slash register, you can fill out your form before Sunday morning. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry with us here at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. Now, here is our senior pastor, Reverend Drew Shelley, as he continues our sermon series called Relearning Balance, Sabbath in the Age of Always Tired. Let's pray together before we hear from the prophet Amos. Oh God, we give you thanks for our time together today. We thank you that you gather us up in many different places for worship. We pray now that you would send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds to what you say to us. Give us courage to hear and to do that we may be your faithful people in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, we are getting to some uncomfortable territory in our study of Sabbath, relearning balance in the age of always tired. This is some of the most critical conversation we need to have, but it isn't easy. The prophet Amos gets us there, old Amos of Tekoa. He'd be the first to tell you he's not a prophet. He's not even the son of a prophet. He is a shepherd, a dresser of sycamore figs. It was a poor man's fruit and a poor man's job to poke holes in those almost tasteless ripening figs so they'd be at least partially edible for the poor people who would subsist from them. He was a nobody from the wilderness six miles south of Jerusalem. Still, God used him to send a word of warning to God's people. God's people who had, during Amos' lifetime, experienced an expansive season of growth in power, influence, and wealth. They had been able to take back some of their land from the Assyrians to, to regain control of important trade routes. Long wars had given way to celebration, prosperity, and, and wealth. The things were good and getting better for them. Of course, this did mean the fabric of the culture had changed and was changing. The nobility had uh, now had uh, summer homes and winter homes. Small mom-and-pop shops had been swallowed up by big, uh, powerful corporate conglomerates. 
Little farmers had been swallowed up by big farmers. The goods and services became cheaper and cheaper as the middle and lower classes were enslaved due to debts unpaid. Enslavement meant lower cost of goods sold, cheaper prices in the stores. That's good for everybody, isn't it? As long as you're not the one that's enslaved. More profit for those conglomerates, extra houses, and more trips for those people. You know how this plays out. We've seen the same thing. A time of expansiveness and wealth building for all, say like the 50s and 60s, gives way to corporate greed and wealth taking for a select few This is what Amos is dealing with. The people of God had made what some have called the turn to commodity. In this season of expansiveness, life was all about making more, doing more, accomplishing more, acquiring more. In that acquiring, we think, is to be found greater and greater security. Only it isn't true. And it is the very thing Jesus warns us about in Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth, Jesus says. Amos would have approved of Jesus' message. We have a modern word for the double-mindedness that Jesus describes multitasking. You know that word, multitasking, not in the way that you might do at work, but in the way we often do life in general. How many of us have been at a ball game or a dance recital and been so engrossed with checking emails that we missed a dozen sacred moments with our people? That little smile from second base that was just for you, or that quiet prayer she thought nobody saw before the third dance routine. We miss those things when we aren't fully present, multitasking our way through life in order to get more done. It doesn't always get the right stuff done. Amos paints a picture of this double-mindedness which has permeated even the religious experience of the people of God. Their worship is not authentic. They are worshiping their own ability to get rich. Everything else is just a show Even Sabbath has become a way to enrich and acquire. They have commoditized the Sabbath. They got their mind on their money and their money on their mind all the time. Amos exposes their limitless consumerism. Chapter 4, verse 1. Hear this, he says, Hear this, you cows of Bashan, who are on Mount Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to their husbands, Bring me another drink. He hammers on their endless self-indulgence and entitlement. Chapter 6. Woe to those who live in luxury and help and expect everybody else to serve them. Woe to those who live only for today, indifferent to the fate of others. Woe to the playboys and playgirls who think life is a party held just for them. Woe to those addicted to feeling good, life without pain. Woe to those obsessed with looking good, life without wrinkles. They could not care less about their country going to ruin. That's what Amos says. What he describes could be a social commentary on our world today. People who are so numbed by the hamster wheel of life that they do not notice this expansive extravagance based on cheap labor and exploitation, which will sooner or later evoke a social crisis that our grandchildren and their grandchildren will be paying for. 
now the stage is set for us to hear Amos chapter 8, starting with verse 4. 4. Listen to this, you who walk all over the week, you who treat poor people as less than nothing, who say, when's my next paycheck coming so that I can go out and live it up? How long till the weekend when I can get, go out and have a good time? Who give little and take much, who never do an honest day's work? You exploit the poor using them. And then when they are used up, you discard them. God swears against the arrogance of Jacob. I'm keeping track of every last sin God's oath will shake the earth's foundations, dissolve the whole world into tears. God's oath will sweep in like a river that rises, flooding houses and lands, and then recedes, leaving behind a sea of mud. On judgment day, watch out. These are the words of God, Amos says, my master. I'll turn off the sun at noon. In the middle of the day, the earth will go black. I'll turn your parties into funerals and make every song you sing a dirge. Everyone will walk around in rags with sunken eyes and bald heads. Think of the worst that could happen. That's a hint of Judgment Day. That and much more. Oh my goodness, they are harsh words. The turn to commodity which prompts these words, uh, with which the people of God still struggle, the double-mindedness which afflicts us all, can turn Sabbath and even our worship into just another duty to perform so that we can get back to buying, selling, and enslaving one another in search of that most precious treasure, the security of enough. What lies ahead? What danger lies ahead for the people of God whose worship, whose Sabbath looks like this? Every time I dig into Amos and my books on the real meaning of Sabbath, I, I feel so convicted. But then I just want to shout. I just want to shout, I'm not the problem. I'm not a Wall Street fat cat. I'm not a one percenter. My wife and I spent the last decade working our fingers to the bone with a small business in a small town. And what do we have to show for it? Some paid off loans, receipts for marriage counseling, and just enough money to say, Shannon, you can stay home with this baby for eight weeks, not just six we're still walking that fine line between utter financial disaster and maybe we can retire at 80. We're not the problem, are we? Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Amos says, woe to those who live only for today and who are indifferent to the needs of others. We're not the problem, are we? You may feel like I do. So numbed by the hamster wheel of life, that I don't have time to think about the needs of others, much less the sins of expansive extravagance, exploitation, cheap labor, and social crisis. You may feel like I do. I'm not smart enough to be an economist, and I'm not in charge of all that. It's not my circus, and they are not my monkeys. We may all feel that way, but we do know enough to care. We know to be fully present. We know how to be fully present in life and in worship, we are smart enough to think through the consequences of our actions and to consider if we are helping people flourish with our interactions or if we are enslaving them with the way that we live. We are learning together that true worship and Sabbath always lead to compassion and a deep love for all of our neighbors, for all of humanity. Otherwise, our worship and Sabbath are phony. We're learning that our practice of discipleship, that our following Jesus 
will always make us care about the well-being of the whole neighborhood. If it doesn't, we are not following the right Jesus. Life as a follower of Jesus is complicated and messy in this 21st century. We live in a society not unlike Amos's, a society smiling and telling us everything is wonderful while it grinds the poor to dust and sucks nearly all the well-being into the palaces of the nobility. The rest of us have just enough to keep us quiet and dependent. The prophet Amos calls us back into the arms of a loving God whose voice thunders over the water. Hear this, you who trample the needy and who bring ruin to the poor. Judgment is coming. This turn to commodity will be undone one way or the other. Those who worship the one true God with an undivided heart, those who keep the Sabbath with sincerity and singleness of mind, you will be part of the solution that God is raising out of the ashes. How? Remembering the covenant that you are blessed in Jesus in order to bless the whole world, caring for the poor and vulnerable as sisters and brothers, remembering that we truly are all in this together. And finally, keeping the Sabbath, that whole day given to God so that we can remember who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. That's the good news that comes at the end of Amos's word of judgment. I trust that you hear it as well as I do today, and I'm thankful that God invites us all to be part of the solution. Thanks be to God. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like more information about how to get involved here at FUMC, you can find us online at fumcm.org or by searching FUMC Borough on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Have a great week. 